to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed On Air. I am here early morning, very early morning, middle of the night, on August 13th, 2020. And I am going to talk a little bit about uh, the Washington Redskins. Oh, I did it. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. The Washington football team running back situation. Um, And this is obviously because of the release of Darius Geist that took place last week. So what to do with the running backs has been a very much talked about issue over in the fantasy community on social media, especially on Twitter. So I wanted to give my two cents as to what I'm doing with the players that are currently on that team. Um, Not much going on as far as other news around the league that I usually touch on uh, before getting to the main stuff. Um, Hard Knocks did start the other night. If you caught that, that was pretty interesting. It's uh, two teams uh, this year, the Rams, the Chargers, both in Los Angeles. And it was pretty fascinating this year because it's obviously there's so much going on with how teams have to uh, restructure their facilities and and all the protocols that they have to go through. So uh, pretty interesting to see how, how the Rams and the Chargers are going about you know, again, restructuring, uh, reorganizing their entire facilities, uh, how they're holding practices, and um, pretty neat. You know, different testing, different types of testing you saw from the two teams, how one team tests for COVID in one way, another team is testing, the uh, uh, you know, a whole different way. I mean, the testing itself is the same, but you saw one team that was uh, sticking the uh, cotton swab up the nose and circling it for 10 seconds the other team said no it only to be three seconds um and then of course you go on social media and you you hear doctors you know going on saying that's really not how you test for covid and obviously everyone's going to have their own opinion and whatnot but regardless from a football standpoint very interesting to watch um i enjoyed it practices itself obviously are going to be different they're not even allowed to use pads yet until i think the third week and we're less than a month away from the opening game, uh, supposedly the opening game. Obviously, we all have our fingers crossed that we're going to have a season. We have our fingers crossed that it's going to be a complete season. So, uh, but you look at what they're doing, and I think a lot of them, you know, seems like they're going in the right direction as far as the numbers go, you know. But you can see the guys, man. They, you know, even the coaches, um, Sean McVay even said it. He's like, look, I forget to put my mask on. You have to tell me if it's a, if it's under my chin. You gotta let me know. He's like, I'm. I forget. So you know, a lot of the guys are going to, and I'm fine with everything right now. My concern is just obviously it's working in the NBA, it's working in the NHL. They have the bubble. What's gonna happen when these teams travel and these guys are able to go out at night and you know into different cities? That's my concern. So hopefully they hold each other accountable and we can get a football season. I know it's been difficult. Um, even from a fantasy perspective, we don't have real training camps. Um, it's very limited media um, are allowed in, if any. Um, so, you know, we don't even have the beat writers necessarily, you know, there all the time you know, giving us updates. And that's really who we rely on. And, 
you know, even fans. Fans show up at games and they'll take videos and they'll tweet things out. Hey, this guy is running with the first team offense and all that stuff. And we don't have any of that. So it's going to make things difficult. We don't have preseason games. And I'm going to talk about this a little more as I get into uh, that Washington backfield that I was uh, mentioning. So without preseason games, it's going to be difficult to evaluate how these teams are using these players, uh, what the what the depth chart really look like. It's one thing that they have on paper on their websites, but it's another thing on what they are actually you know using and what personnel in these games and in camp. So it's going to be difficult, and it, it's hard to get motivated at times as far as, you know, even recording a podcast or putting content up there. You sit down. I, I know me personally. I sit down, and I write an article, and I'm like, is this even worth it? Are we even going to have a season? Am I writing this for nothing? So, you know, that's why I'm here. Like I said, it's in the middle of the night. Um, I'm trying to be a little quiet, obviously. My family is sleeping. I don't want to wake them up. So my tone might be a little different. You got different times when you're able to do different things, and um, you work around it. But from a fantasy perspective, um, I know I'm rambling on right now. Um, Hard Knocks is is a pretty cool thing to, to uh, check out over there on HBO if you can to you know get an inside look. I look at it anyway. Um, you know, and one thing that pains me every year is when players have to get cut. I can't. I mean, that must be so difficult for head coaches and general managers. I know it's part of the game, obviously, uh, but it's always it's always uh, it's never a good thing when you see somebody uh, get cut. You know, so uh, check it out. If uh, you haven't, especially this year, it gives you a little bit of an inside look as to what is going on. All right, enough about that. I talked more about that than I wanted to. But uh, back to the um, Washington. Actually, no, I lied. Before I get back to the Washington running backs, uh, be sure to go to FantasyShed.com. All right, we have our downloadable, and you can print them out, our cheat sheets, half PPR, PPR, no kickers. Um, and you know, we have, uh, player tiers, we have uh, top 200, we have auction values, we have, uh, strength of schedule, um, bi-week charts, anything you need. And that's why we say everything you need to win your league. Um, right now, everything is up there. It's free. Uh, we'll see how much longer that is going to be for, but go to fantasyshed.com. It's right on the homepage. The links are right there on the right-hand side. So go check that out. Of course, you can do it from your uh, mobile phone as well. And now I'm going to get to the Washington running back situation. All right. And I mentioned that they released, they cut uh, Darius Geis, um, the oft injured Darius Geis. He was accused of a domestic violence situation um, and they wasted no time doing their, you know, they released him. And maybe a lot has to do with all the backlash that they have taken in the past few months over their name and, and and Snyder and all that stuff. So, but they wasted no time. They got rid of him. Um, and maybe the depth that they have on on their on their team right now was a reason why or a possible reason why they were able to. So, what do we do? What do we do from a fantasy perspective? That's what we all want to know, right? So, I'm going to go, uh, you know, player by player. I'm going to briefly touch on each. I'm going to give my reasoning why or why not I am going to target that particular player. Um, I'm going to start with Adrian Peterson. Now, Peterson is going to be the starter on this team. He's going to be the one that gets the first crack at the early down work. I'm I, I'm pretty confident in that. But that doesn't mean that he's the one I want on my fantasy team. And he's currently ranked as RB46 on my rankings. 
which is pretty much aligned with the ECR, which is the expert consensus rankings over at Fancy Pros. And when you start getting to this range of players and you draft, he's got a 12th round ADP. I want upside. I want guys that can win you weeks. I want guys that can perhaps even be a league winner when you aren't expecting or even relying on them to do so. And Peterson at 35 years old, he's not that. And like the rest of his backfield, his ADP is probably going to rise even more over the next few weeks as we get closer to uh, the opening week of the season. But chances are you're going to be able to find another player in that particular round that has greater upside. You know, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's it's somebody else's uh, backup running back, okay, handcuff, quote unquote. If you don't have, you know, if you do or don't have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard's there, you go get him. Alexander Madison, whether or not you have Dalvin Cook, go get him. These are players that you want to have in case something happens, okay, over Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's going to get the ball and he's going to get you fancy points, but I'm not confident in sticking him in my lineup at any time for a set six, seven fantasy points. I'm just not. He's not somebody that you're going to want to start at any particular time during the season. And what's going to happen is he's probably going to blow up week one, right? He's probably going to have a monster game week one on your bench. You're going to start him week two, and he's going to get you 13 carries for 36 yards, right? And that's how it's going to be with him. So um, he's not somebody that I'm targeting. He's not somebody I want. I know you won't really risk anything if you do draft him in the 12th round. It is very late. But like I said, I want guys with upside at that particular position at that spot in the draft. And he's just not that person. Antonio Gibson. Now, this is my guy. Okay. Antonio Gibson has been my guy in this backfield long before the guy's news came out. And it seems obviously now with the news that the industry is starting to catch on because his ADP has risen almost five rounds over the past week. So we were one of the highest rankers of Gibson since the draft. And our rankings still reflect that. Um, we are much higher than his ECR. In fact, 16 spots higher than his ECR. We have him as RB32, which, by the way, that also um, I want to just briefly just touch back on AP for a minute. Adrian Peterson are pretty much aligned with the ECR of the league. We have him as RB48, 49, right around there. So, But you have to understand that sometimes rankings, you know, they're based off projections, and, and they're not necessarily players that just because I have somebody ranked higher, okay, doesn't necessarily mean that that's a player that I, I, I want in my draft or I'm targeting in my draft. So just keep that in mind. We have them based on, on certain numbers at a certain spot, but when it comes down to it, you know, depending on what your team and your roster construction looks like and based on where their ADP is and where they're available, I might go in a different direction as far as upside and, and, and whatnot. So just keep that in mind. But back to uh, Gibson. Um, I mentioned we have him as RB32, 16 spots higher than his expert consensus ranking. And, there, and that's 30 spots above his ADP, which is now in the ninth round, 9.01. And he is the one you want on your fantasy teams. I have had numerous... I don't want to say arguments, but I guess you can say arguments and discussions with people on social media over the past week, or the past couple of days, who are downplaying Gibson's involvement, okay, and what and how they see him being involved in the offense uh, this year. In one of the major, first of all, let me just say that all rookies, in a sense, are going to be starting off slow, and they're going to not have much involvement from the beginning. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to preclude me from from drafting them at any particular point. Anyway, uh, the argument is more that he's only had 33 carries in college. Well, yeah, he had 33 carries while at Memphis last season. But it's not like he just woke up last year, decided to play football, and has never played before, and let's you know throw him on a team. No, he's a football player. Okay, he's played he's played football other places, and the same people who were downplaying his 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 college carries are the same people that have Tyler Higby ranked inside their top five of tight ends. Higby only had five fantasy relevant games last year, and that's because Everett was sidelined. Okay, Higby. Is you know coming out of college with well being drafted in the fourth round and only had sixty eight college receptions in total, so you're you're downplaying one, but it's okay for the other one. So I'm I'm not okay with that, and I'm not going to use his his lack of lack of carries as a reason why he's not somebody I want. Again, this is fantasy, right? We want the guy obviously who scores the most points. That's what fantasy football is, and. Will he be the guy? Will he be the lead back? No, probably not. Definitely not right away. In fact, I don't think he's going to be the lead back at any point during the season, but that doesn't mean that he is not going to be fantasy relevant or not be the most fantasy relevant of all the Washington running backs. So especially in a year like this with you know the lack of, of training camp and preseason and all that stuff, rookies are going to have a hard time, as I mentioned before. So I'm not expecting him to be the guy. But he is the guy for fantasy when you're talking about racking up the most points. If you Google his highlights and you look at his highlight film, that was his season. Okay, He is a highlight, plain and simple. He scored on almost 18% of the total times he touched the ball. 18% of the total times he touched the ball, he scored. So translation, good things happen when the ball's in his hands. And the ball is going to be in his hands, and that doesn't mean... He needs to rush with it. He's going to be out there as a receiver, whether it's with another running back or with uh, the wide receivers. Okay, In fact, there was some conversation when he entered the draft, what would teams draft him as, a running back or a wide receiver? Now, the the Washington football team, I got it right this time, they announced him as a running back, but that doesn't mean that they won't have him lining up all over the field, in the slot, even outside, behind the line scrimmage, he is a weapon, plain and simple. He's a playmaker. So when you put the ball in his hands, good things happen. And I don't care how they come. And especially when we're talking about PPR and half PPR leagues, which, by the way, if you still play in quote-unquote standard leagues, I, I don't know what is going on because that's Scott Angle, uh, the king. Um, he, he tweeted this out the other day. In fact, it was probably last night. I don't know. I don't even know what date it is anymore. But he said that we need to get rid of the term standard when we're talking about non-PPR because it's not standard anymore. That used to be the standard scoring, and it's not. Right now, the standard scoring probably is half PPR or PPR. So, yeah, we, we, we need to call it something else. And he recommended the term uh, classic scoring, and I agree. That's a great name. Let's call it classic scoring because it is not the standard scoring anymore. So, by the way, get out of that if you are playing in leagues that are using that non-PPR type of scoring. So for the same reason I don't want Adrian Peterson is the same reason why I do want Antonio Gibson. It's upside, plain and simple. Upside is is what I want. And right now, in the ninth round, I'm fine with that. 
it's going to climb eighth, maybe even get up to the seventh round. And the more that I hear and the more that Ron Rivera and the and the Washington team speaks, I hope they downplay Antonio Gibson. I hope they say he's not going to be ready because that's going to just that's going to keep his ADP where it is or drop it even more. And I'm going to be all over that. Because, first of all, I don't really believe anything that anybody says as far as the coaching staff at this point in the year, and you should not either. But give me the upside of what Gibson can do. Give me that upside in the ninth round, and give me the safe play in AP in the 12th. That's for sure. So right now, I've talked about AP, I've talked about AG, and I and I want Gibson over Adrian Peterson, and it's not even close for me. Okay, I know the rankings. Like I said, AP's ranking is right up there with the rest of with the rest of everybody else, but I am much higher on Antonio Gibson than probably the uh, the expert consensus rankings. Peyton Barber, I'm not going to say really much. Okay, he's going to be had on the waiver wire. He can be had on the waiver wire after your draft if that's the direction you want to go. Not me. I'll pass. I would rather be wrong on him than using a pick or even some fab budget on him. Um, nothing special in my opinion. I don't even know if he's going to make the team. All right, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Bryce Love. Now, if I miss out on Gibson, I want Bryce Love. I am a Bryce Love supporter. He's the one I want to take a chance on late in the draft. Just based on talent alone, he may be the most talented running back on the Washington team. Gibson is probably the most talented overall, okay, as far as what he can do with the ball. But pure running back, Bryce Love might have is the, have the more talent out of all of them. And don't know, before anyone says anything, I'm not saying he's better than Adrian Peterson was in his prime. I'm be- he's better than Adrian Peterson is at 35 years old. He's not better than 23-year-old EP. I'm not saying that. But right now, Love is is the more talented back. He, he If it wasn't for a torn ACL in his last game, of his senior season at Stanford, Love was headed towards a first-round selection in the draft that year. But obviously that didn't happen. He was drafted in the fourth round by Washington, and he's been rehabbing. This is what happens, and now he may be given a chance. So something to keep an eye on. We do need to get some more insight from whoever we can who has some availability to the team and, and the practices just to see what is you know what is going on with him how often is he playing? You know, how does he look? And this is where um, the lack of preseason and the, and the lack of training camp exposure is really going to hurt us. Okay, we're really not going to know much about that. But if he's active and where he's going in drafts right now, which is late, worth the pickup, worth the draft pick. Okay, because when he takes over that lead back role from Adrian Peterson, the early down work. He can be a special player, and I would love it. I would love it as much as I hate committees. I would love to see a Bryce Love Antonio Gibson committee. I think that would be really, really cool. All right, so um, I'm going to mention another name. He's not on the team right now, but that's Devonta Freeman. And if he's still available and, and Washington wants to bring him in, it changes everything that I just talked about, okay, because it would move – Freeman would move ahead of Antonio Gibson um, and ahead of everybody else, all right? Um, I would still like Antonio Gibson at some point, but Freeman, you know, where he is in his career, um, definitely deserves to be on a team, and he's going to get a team. 
He's going to play. There's no doubt about that, okay? Players are going to get hurt. Players are going to get COVID. He's going to be brought in. And he's somebody that you should be drafting regardless if he's signed or not. By the time your draft is, use a late-round pick on him if he's available. 12th round, 11th round. If he's available, grab him. Grab him because he's talented and he's better than a lot of the running backs that, you know, that are currently on teams right now. So right now, I think his only holdup is, is the salary demands, which might obviously change as the season gets on and he's got no job. Um, so Freeman is worth a stab. Obviously, he would change everything in the Washington backfield if, if he signed. I mean, if they went that direction, it would probably show us that Gibson isn't anywhere near ready to contribute. It would show us that Love isn't fully back from his injury and that Peterson has run out of gas. Okay, that's probably why why they would bring him in if they did. So any team though, you should look at Freeman as a, a late round uh as a late round pickup uh, regardless. So, you know, just to sum it up, Antonio Gibson's my guy. I'm fine drafting him where he is, ninth round. I'd go up a couple other rounds if his ADP says so. Uh, there will be a point where it might get too rich if it happens over the next three weeks. Something to keep an eye on. But I'm already, uh, you know, based on my rankings and projections, I'm already higher on him than uh, most people anyway. Adrian Peterson, safe, not somebody I really want. I want upside at his ADP, and he doesn't give it to me. Uh, Peyton Barber, pass. Bryce Love, absolutely. Late round target. Um, and he could be a league winner if uh, things go his way. So that is the Washington backfield. That is what I'm doing with it. Once again, please go to fantasyshed.com. Get your cheat sheets there, which, by the way, we will have updated ones early next week. And that will reflect all this news um, with the Washington backfield as well. Right now, it doesn't. The last one was prior to the guy's injury. So so check that out. Um, Fantasyshed.com. Cheat sheets, uh, busts, uh, sleepers, all that good stuff. Anything that you need, we got it. Uh, and we will talk to you soon. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.